Hi, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of a Trophy Life podcast. Bob Rathman coming to you from Atlanta. And this week on the pod, my guest will be the head coach of the ACC champion Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets, Josh Pastner. Josh and I will talk about the incredible jacket run through the end of the regular season and right on through into the ACC tournament. We'll also be chatting about name, image, and likeness, what he's seeing in college basketball as we get back to it. Camps are going on. Recruiting is going on. So a lot to talk about with Josh, and that's coming up in just a moment. First, our Jersey Mike's news and notes for the week, and the big talk of the country, of course, is about the USA men's national team and the fact that they dropped back-to-back exhibition games to Nigeria and Australia getting ready for Tokyo. Now, the team did bounce back on Tuesday night, knocking off Argentina 108-80 to and looked like a USA team of old. Kevin Durant was certainly outstanding. They've got two exhibition games to come Friday night. In fact, it will be a doubleheader with the women's national team as both squads will take on Australia. And then Sunday the 18th, the men will play Spain. And after that, it is off to Tokyo. My conversation with Josh Pastner as we continue on the podcast. But first, this from Jersey Mike's. If Jersey Mike's turkey had a resume, it would say it's 99% fat-free and raised without antibiotics. But our turkey already has its dream job at Jersey Mike's because premium meat makes a sub above. Great to catch up with the head coach of the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets, the ACC champs. Josh Pastner joins us from Atlanta. Josh, how are you, sir? You know what, Bob? I am doing great. What a great year for basketball in the city of Atlanta and to cap, to, to cap it off with the Atlanta Hawks. How about that run they had, which you were obviously front and center all year long. Um, unbelievable job by Coach McMillan and his staff and uh, really fun to watch. I mean, it was a, uh, um, you know, a great run by them and, and a lot to build on for the Hawks for the future. So a lot of great basketball in the city of Atlanta. And don't you think, Josh, that that excites not only uh, the Hawks fans, but just basketball fans in the city for Georgia Tech, for high school basketball throughout our state? I think it does great things for everybody. Yeah, well, it does. I mean, you know, when you think about it, uh, this, you know, the whole city is, uh, you know, people love basketball here. And I think being able to get, you know, having the opportunity to, for, for the high school teams, the college team of Georgia Tech, and then on top of that, the Atlanta Hawks, the pro team, to have the success that, that they did and, and everybody did, it, it is an awesome thing for, for the city. And people love basketball here in Atlanta. I mean, the grassroots basketball, um, everything about it, uh, when you're talking middle school, high school, all the way up to college, or in the ACC, Georgia Tech is, and then obviously the pros. And I also want to give a shout-out. How about the Georgia Tech women's? They made it to the Sweet 16. So it's not only on the men's side, the women's side, a lot of great basketball has been played and success and accolades and just an outstanding year. Great for the city of Atlanta. No doubt. Well said. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about the Jackets first before we talk about the college game in general. Um, an amazing uh, weekend that you guys had in Greensboro. Um, it sort of uh, encapsulated, I think, Josh, everything that we went through uh, with the pandemic and playing through it. 
But I got to ask you first and foremost, what happened to the face guard? Is it going to the Jackets Hall of Fame? What happened? You know what? Um, the, the the face shield re- still remains with me. Um, I don't. I'm assuming we're not going to have to wear that next season. <laughs> I hope so not. But if we do, I'll be pulling it out. However, we had so much great success with it. I'm wondering if I should just make it a a staple of of our program. But uh, uh, no, I mean it's uh, it's. We're, I'm actually getting – they're doing – for our season ticket holders, they're doing a bobblehead of me, which I, I don't know if anyone – they probably just throw it in the trash. But they are going to have the face guard on it, so I – you know, as a removable <laughs> face guard on it. So it's taken a life of its own. I've told Georgia Tech before they, it, they should have treated it like a NASCAR event and on a, and on a car and put all the um, – uh, you know, the, the ads and the promotions for different companies and make some money for Georgia Tech Athletics. <laughs> Very uh, good. <laughs> yeah, no, we'll, we'll, we'll retire it and head it to the Hall of Fame. There you go. Thinking back on that run, uh, to get to the ACC tournament and get to the championship game uh, was so remarkable. And taking down what we all thought, and I know you did too, you know, one of the really good, great teams in college basketball last season in Florida State. Reflecting back on that weekend accomplishment and getting the NCAA tournament and returning Georgia Tech to a a, a place of prominence, uh, getting uh, an ACC championship doesn't come along very often. What are your reflections, Josh, looking back on it now a couple of months later? You know, Bob, it was one heck of a run. There's no denying that. I mean, it was as special as could be. Um, it's very, very hard to, to one, just to win in this league, in the ACC. I mean, this league is the best of, of, of uh, is the premier league in all of college basketball. And, um, um, and to be able to win an ACC championship is special. I mean, it hadn't been done here in Georgia, at Georgia Tech for over 28 years. And um, so it's been a long time. And to be able to accomplish that, I mean, just, you know it's such a high level to, to do that when you're when you're in the recruiting, um, um, you know, in, in 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 spring and summer recruiting or in summer recruiting, and you're everyone's coming up to you just telling you, you know, unbelievable job, great accomplishment, you know, to win that championship, uh, you know, it's really special. So you recognize it. I, we all recognize how hard and special it was. And that being said, the only way that gets done is based on, you know, we had, we had really good players. We had a great staff. Um, you know, we, had, we finished the season on an eight-game win streak and uh, I'm just really proud of our guys. I kind of just stayed out of the way towards the end there and, didn't, and just tried not to screw anything up because we were playing, just we were really playing with great chemistry and confidence and um, cohesiveness, and it, it – it, just showed that the way we able to execute and play and win uh, on the games that we that we played and uh, it was a real fun fun group to be around lots of guys of course played well Jordan Usher was on the second team all tournament team uh, Michael DeVoe of course was the MVP won the case award but I want to talk about Jose Alvarado uh, part of your first recruiting class a guy who went through thick and thin for you and for himself and his family. Tell us a little bit about Jose and, and what's going to be ahead for him. 
Yeah, you know, look, I think Jose Alvarado and, and there, I, my assistant, Julian Schwartz, used to always tell me, Coach, there's going to be a day that comes where we're not going to have Jose in the program anymore. You know, I said, I don't want to think about that day. Uh, but that but that day is here. I mean, because he's, his, he's finished his four years. He's staying in the NBA draft. Uh, he's going to pursue his professional opportunities. So that day is here. And, um, um, and that being said, we have to be ready to be prepared for life after Jose in a sense. And uh, Jose was just, he was so great um, to coach, to be around. He was just a winner. Um, he was a great leader. He was tough. I really believe he was the greatest 50-50 ball winner in the history of Georgia Tech, and I don't say that lightly. The greatest. I mean, he won more 50-50 balls than I think in the history of Georgia Tech. And I think he was one of the very best ever in the history of the ACC. And, again, I don't say this lightly. One of the best ever in the history of the ACC to um, to win loose to win the game below the waist and win, win the loose ball game below the waist. And um, he was just he, – he was that good. He, and, and it's why he was ACC Defensive Player of the Year. It's why he led the league in steals his last two years. The last guy to do that was Chris Paul. And, um, I mean, he gave his body every possession, every time we played. And he's just an elite, elite competitor. And uh, when you're an elite competitor like he is, you just, you know, you just love being around those type of guys. With recruiting and campus visitations and basketball camps, it seems like we're getting back to normal. The pandemic, for the most part, is behind us. You've been on the road, of course. Uh, how does it feel to you? Does it feel like we're we're kind of back to where we were a couple of years ago? Yeah, I mean, Bob, I would tell you that I've been out recruiting for, a, you know, for a few weekends now in June and in July. And um, what I would tell you is if, if um, you know, if you happen to, to go to sleep before, back in, in, in January 1 of 2020 and wake up in um, uh, July 1 of 2021 and someone told you there was a pandemic, you wouldn't even know what's, what do you mean? And because – but we're, things are really back to normal. I mean, we're all in the gym. Um, uh, you know, people have congregated and, 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 and just kind of been back to normal like there wasn't a pandemic. So, um, uh, you know, things are, are really back to normal in, in, a, in a lot of ways. Now, I think a lot of that has to do with there's been a lot of people been vaccinated. Um, I will say that more I think people are more aware of of like now that we're you know beforehand you just handshake everybody a lot there's a lot of more fist bumps and uh, obviously anywhere you go the opportunity to you know even in the gyms the 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 opportunity to sanitize your hands and everyone's you can see um constantly washing their hands so i think those little things are going to stick with us which is a great thing because obviously covid is very very serious um, but there also there there there's also other things that we can learn from the pandemic that can keep us healthy about hand washing and and different things like that um, that we can use moving forward to to allow us to stay healthy to try to prevent colds, flus, sore throats, things like that. Some of the things that we probably should have been doing all along, right? Absolutely, 
Absolutely. You know, it would be interesting, both the NBA and the college game, for next year, for the 21-22 season, will we go back to wearing shirt, coat, and ties, or are we going to stay in our slacks and polo? Is that going to be – is that going to stay? What about the – in college, you know, we, we, we didn't do the, we didn't do the post-game handshake. Um, you know, we just wave, sort of like the NBA does. Um, are we going to do – are we going to continue that, you know, because you're talking about the – you know, with the handshake stuff with, with, with everything. So, um, you know, will some of that stuff stay as we move forward? Uh, you know, how you sit on the – where you sit on the bus and in a hotel room or – you know, in college, you're used to room and have two people to a room, but this past year we had one to a room, and so will that stay? And and will you continue having the spacing out and spreading out in film sessions and on airplanes? So all those things will still be talked about that maybe some lessons we've learned uh, from within the pandemic. Uh, like I said, you know, COVID is extremely serious, obviously, uh, but there are other things, you know, how to prevent colds, flu, sore throats, other you know, other little sicknesses that you want to avoid getting. Josh, one of the big changes, of course, um, and I love your um, illustration about waking up (laughs) with, you know, from January to July over a 15, 16-month period. But, of course, during that time, uh, name, image, and likeness has become front and center, uh, certainly when the calendar turned over to July 1st. What's your take on what you're seeing, first of all, and how you think it's going to impact college basketball in the short and long term. Bob, same thing. If you fell asleep on January 1, 2020, and woke up July 1, 2021, you would say, wow, there's a new world of college athletics. And let me tell you about the, about the three-pronged um, areas, the three-pronged, you know, uh, uh, you know, pillars of that, that has changed college athletics. One, one is the transfer rule. No longer do you have to sit out. You can transfer anywhere you want to transfer to without sitting out. That's one. Two, there's a name image likeness, the NIL, that a student athlete, any, any student athlete can now um, make money off their name image and likeness, which prior to, to this ruling, um, was against amateurism rules in the NCAA. So now they're able to make money, as much money as they want, based on their name, image, likeness, and keep their eligibility. Uh, and three, which I think the biggest game changer, more so than the NIL, um, and that I don't know if everyone's really talking about it enough, but is the Austin case that the Supreme Court ruled on. And the Austin case, A-L-S-T-O-N, is the Austin case. And this is where I'm talking about the three prongs, the, the transfer rule, the NIL, and then the Austin case. The Austin case says that schools can give, there is, you know, based on antitrust, there's no cap on what a school can give a student athlete. And I think right now, I, I think, again, I'm not a lawyer, and I, didn't, I don't know exactly on this, but I'm pretty sure Right now, it's only men's and women's basketball and football, but I think they can get to all other sports. But there's no cap can they put on on giving you educational expenses. And what's educational expenses, meaning basically that there's incentives if, if you meet certain academic benchmarks. You could, a school could say, hey, if you get a 2.5, I'm going to give you 10000 There's going to be a $10,000 bonus. You get a 3.0, you can get a $20,000 bonus. 
Um, there is no cap on that. Technically, someone could say, well, would any, schools are allowed to give you, what, to student-athletes, whatever's needed for an educational expense. Could that go to a car? Could somebody say, well, if you need a car you need, if you live off campus, we, we can provide you a car because you need that to go to class. So I think the Austin case is actually bigger than the NIL. It's just not talked about it a, a lot right now. But those are the three prongs that have really changed and will have, will have changed and have shifted college athletics to a new normal. And that's how it's going to be moving forward. And so you're going to have to be flexible. You've got to be willing to adapt. You've got to be willing to change. Otherwise, you're going to get left behind. And in that change and adaptation, Josh, you've still got to put a team together. You've got to manage a roster. Uh, there's a lot of moving parts now. How difficult has this been for you to date? Yes, you're right. I mean, you're, you're, you're sort of like in college now, I've, I've sort of said it's sort of like you're a general manager and a coach because it's roster management. A lot of it's roster management and being able to manage the roster and who's coming in and who's coming out and who's transferring and who's not transferring. And then you got to put the team together and then, you know, all those things that go with that. Hey, Bob, how about if a guy or two has some different NIL deals and some other guys don't? You know, I mean, how does that affect and with, 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 in the locker room and, and you know, all, all those little things that we'll now encounter uh, moving forward. But as I mentioned before, it's, it's, you've got to have a, be willing to adapt and, and, and just to have the flexibility and, and, and just kind of take it one day at a time. And so um, it's just evolving. It's changing. Those are the facts of it. And you're right. You've still got to put the, 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 the guys together on the floor still win the games. And in the league that you're playing in the ACC, there's no nights off. It's a monster league. It's the, it's the premier league in all of college basketball. It's the best of the best. And, uh, you know, we have to be ready uh, regardless of the NIL, the Austin case, the transfer rule. Uh, we have to be ready for that the entire time. You know, it's interesting, Josh. Um, a lot of people have said, well, you know, it's like being an MBA, in the NBA now with your roster management. And I think it's more like being a GM in the G League. Uh, you know, you wake up and one day they're, one guy, you're starting power forwards going to the NBA on a 10-day contract and another guy gets a better deal in Europe and he leaves. You know, there's all kinds of movement on a daily basis in the G League. And that kind of is what reminds me about uh, what's happening now with college basketball. Does it seem that way to you? You know, people brought that up to me about this is like the NBA. And I told people it's not like the NBA. Um because in the NBA, you know when you're going, when you're signing a person, um, you know, on a contract, you know when that contract's going to be up to either they're going to be a restricted free agent or a free agent. You, you, you know, in, in our world, you don't know that. They could come in after their freshman year. Even if they have a good year, they could ask to go in the portal and transfer. So where in the NBA you do it's, it's not the same thing because in the NBA you can plan accordingly with the idea knowing that somebody's under contract and they're going to have to maybe stay there for a couple of years where in the in the in the transfer portal um, you know the, someone can leave at any point so it's different in that well in that way again it's uh, you know I'm not comparing the NBA and college because the NBA these you know the guys are making 
you know, millions of dollars on the contracts. I'm just saying that you have an idea of an understanding when somebody is going to end up leaving. We're in college. It could happen at any point. Um, the, um, uh, the other thing is, you know, when you're dealing with the NBA, a lot of times, um, you know, the, the, the marketing deals are part of, are part of just, you know, it's part of the game. It's part of what happens, and, and guys understand this. You know, in college, it's just this is new. It's different. And now you can have marketing deals on name, image, likeness. And, and also, the other thing is, Bob, in college, you can have, you can have sign with an agent to do your marketing deals and, um, and um, and be able to do your marketing deals and uh, um, and still retain your eligibility. So you can actually sign with an agent with a market or a marketing agent during your school year and still protect your college eligibility. Times have changed. It's a wild, wild west, brother. It's just new, Bob. You've got to be flexible. You've got to be willing to change. You've got to be understanding that this is the new norm, and you just got to adapt and and be be understanding on it. Well, nobody can change and adapt like you, my friend. Uh, remarkable job. Congratulations on the ACC championship, making the NCAA tournament. And I, I like that idea of selling the little stickers for that face guard a la NASCAR. I think you got something there. I hate have to bring that baby back next season. Yeah, hey, I'm okay with it. If you if you want to start a petition for it, you know, I mean, I'm for it. I mean, I think a lot of people like that or we just got – listen – we we got to the tournament. We won the ACC championship with it. You know, I mean, so what the heck? I mean, let <laughs> let's go. I'm okay with it if we want to keep it. If we want to keep it, but uh, look, Bob. I mean, it's still. A, with all that being said, I do want to say this: with college athletics, there's so many good things uh, about college. Yeah, there's there's a lot of changes. There's going to be a lot of new things, but in the end, you're still you're still putting that name on the jersey for the for the school and. And, and and we are in 2021. Things are different. So there there is new standards and rules for what amateurism is. And uh, we'll adjust. The college game will survive. It's going to be healthy and really good, just like the NBA. Basketball is as healthy as it's, as it's ever been, and it's going to continue to stay healthy. And only great things ahead for for, for the sport of basketball, pro, college, and grassroots. Outstanding. Josh, great catching up. Can't wait to see you in person soon. You're, hey, Bob, you're a Hall of Famer. I know you're in the Hall of Fame, uh, but you, you, there's not too many better than you, and I mean that. And this city of Atlanta is lucky to have you part of the basketball fabric. So we appreciate you so much, Bob. Well, thank you, sir. I appreciate that. And all the best on the recruiting trail, and we'll see you on campus soon. Okay. Thank you, Bob. That's it for this week. Thanks for joining us. Make sure to leave a review and a rating that helps us get the word out to college basketball fans everywhere. And we'll see you next week from all of us at the Naismith Awards. Bob Rathman saying so long.